Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. I will not be silent. The Bible says, there's a psalm that says, I will praise you in the midst of the congregation. Come on, right now we're together. Let's praise him. Let's put our hands together. We worship you, God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. What a great, great song. And you know, this song kind of it relates to what we're going to be talking about today. We're starting a series called Fellowship. And fellowship is something that God wants for all of us. And fellowship is something that happens as God shares himself with us and then we share with each other. When God shares himself with us and we share with each other, we experience fellowship. Fellowship is a very deeply, is a deeply biblical word. Fellowship, the word fellowship, the concept of fellowship originates in the Bible actually even before anything started. Fellowship is necessary and fellowship is powerful because when real fellowship takes place, which is God sharing himself with us and us sharing what we receive from God with each other, the fruit of it, the outcome of it is incredible joy or what I'm going to call deep happiness. How many want some deep happiness in your life? Amen. If you want deep happiness, what is needed is fellowship. So I'm very excited to be going through this series with you. I want to encourage you to pay a lot of attention. Um, um, not just, so here's what we do. We will share a message with you. And then if you go on our app, there's a Devo on the app. We also have becoming groups at this church that go over, the, that go over some of the material on Sundays where you get to everyone fellowship. And all of these have been uh, made available to you because God wants you to experience deep joy, deep happiness. And so it's offered to us and it's really, really powerful. Fellowship is so powerful and I'm very excited. So we're going to get right into this. And we're going to begin in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. The whole series is going to cover 10 verses. We're not going to cover all 10 today. We're just going to cover the first four. But you have homework. Go home and read all 10. And read them and meditate on them and think about, uh, about, uh, about these verses. And ask the Lord to speak to you from these verses as we travel together. This really applies to your heart, to your life, to your family, to your children, to the people that you love, and to the impact that you want to make. So let's go ahead and read 1 John 
uh, uh, chapter 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Now this is John, one of the uh, 12, okay, writing and talking about who? Everyone? Jesus. Okay. He says, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that everyone say, so that. So One more time, so that. Okay, so this is it. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also, everybody say, that's me. Everybody say, that's us. Okay? By the way, when you read the Bible by yourself, this is the way you're supposed to read it. You're supposed to interact with the word of God and just two words have a powerful impact on your life. Okay? When you go home and read the Bible, you could read so that, and you could actually say, Lord, you did this so that. And so, Father, let me receive the so that. Get it? This is how you read the Bible. When you're by yourself. Okay? You're interacting with the word of God. It says... So that you also may have fellowship with us. Okay? And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So watch this. And our fellowship is with the Father... And with his son, Jesus Christ, we write this to make our joy complete. The title of today's message, the first of these three, is that our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Okay? Our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. And what I want to do right now is I want to pray because everyone look at me for a second. What we're about to talk about is Deeply spiritual. Okay? What I'm talking about, you could feel it in a way you can touch it, and in a way you can see it, but in a way you can't. In a way you can't because you can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't touch the Holy Spirit. And yet the Holy Spirit will manifest himself among us, and you will feel him, and you will feel touched by him. Anybody ever feel touched by the Spirit of God? And he'll, yes, amen, let's put our hands together. Thank God for the touch of God. And so some messages are practical about marriage, about, you know, parenting. And then some messages about, are about God's kingdom and about the spirit. And we're talking at one level about the invisible realm. And the word of God is physical and tangible. But how many know we... We can experience God by the Spirit of God. 
How many are ready to meet with God by his spirit today? So lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for, for the next few moments and I ask your blessing upon your word. God, I pray for grace to articulate this truth and I pray that this truth would impact every life. We were made to fellowship with you. You sent your son Jesus so that through what he did, Lord, we can have fellowship with you, Heavenly Father. No one can come to the Father except through the Son. And Lord, we want to fellowship with you the way the original 12 did. So Lord, would you bless this time? Would you strip away every distraction? Would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what the Spirit would say? And would you bless our hearts, our homes, our family, our church, and then even our city because of the depth of our fellowship. We thank you, we praise you, we trust you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Now, by the way, when he says our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, just know the Holy Spirit is assumed to be part of the whole experience, okay, because the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the Father and the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the Son. He didn't leave the Spirit out is what I'm trying to say, but there's a presumption that the Holy Spirit is the one who opens our physical eyes and opens our, our heart. And when, we're, when you're born again, the Spirit of God comes and le lives inside of you and now you have God in you and you can connect with the kingdom of God at every level in every way. And so let's walk through this. First of all, it's important for us to know that fellowship began with God. And fellowship is a main part of eternal history. That which was from the beginning. And when it says from the beginning, okay, in this context, what it's saying is even before the world began, God is. How many know God always was? Okay. Before the world began, God is the first cause. God spoke and got everything going. So before the world began, before the universe began, there was God. And God was participating in fellowship. That's why we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some people say, what was God doing before the foundation of the world? Well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were delighting in each other. In other words, fellowship, uh, this kind of community was at the core of, of the universe before there was a universe. From the very beginning, what was happening, and by the way, I, I could kind of gravitate here, so I want to be careful that I don't. Uh, I could move away from the text. Because when you think about all the other God claims versus the claim of Jesus, the Son of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, actually, even though it's a mystery, it makes a lot of sense. Because if God 
were alone, he wouldn't be perfect. See, because then he couldn't really express love. But from the very beginning, how many know part of his, per, his perfection, part of his power, part of his love, the Bible says God is love, it was all naturally expressed between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there was perfect fellowship in the Godhead. No other God can claim that. I know it's deep, it's for another day, but, but that's part of the reason why God is perfect. Can you really be perfect if you can't love? And God was always able to love because he loved the Son and the Spirit and they loved each other. Our God is a God of relationship. Now, let me explain this. Okay, so they had a perfect love relationship between the three of them. Okay, go ahead and put up this slide for me. Our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Their love between them, between each other was so perfect, so powerful, so wonderful that they said, you know what, we want to share this love. And then he decided, they decided to create us. Okay. Why were we created? We were created to be loved and to be in relationship with God. So here's what God did. He opened up his circle to Adam and Eve. Why? Because he wanted them to experience amazing love. He opened up the circle of perfection, of beauty, and of incredible fellowship so that now in comes Adam and Eve. And he created them to love them. You were created for fellowship. You were created in his image. You were created to be loved by God and to be blessed by God. How many would say, amen, that's why we're here. You did not evolve from an animal. You're different. We were created by God. To be loved by God. Okay. Then here's what happened. Okay. We were created by God. But then there was a break in the fellowship. You see that line? That line is sin. Okay. Pay careful attention. Because I got to lay this out uh, up front to make some important application points. Why did Adam and Eve break their fellowship? You see, sometimes we forfeit what's amazing and what's beautiful, okay? Some things could be so amazing and so beautiful and so wonderful if we just keep growing and cultivating what God has put right before us, but we forfeit it for what our culture is now calling FOMO. How many know what FOMO is? It's fear of missing out. So what happened? What happened was, is he shows her the, the, the fruit and he, he lies to her, says, you're missing out. And she goes after it and Adam gives into it and, 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 they, and the fellowship is broken. And what we have to realize up front, listen, when you have fellowship with God, you're not missing out on anything. How many would say amen? Hallelujah. There's nothing better, nothing more wonderful, nothing deeper, nothing more satisfying than fellowshipping with God. And there's this great deception. Everybody say deception. It's a lie. 
Okay, there's this great deception that drives our people and drives our culture and says, what you really need is this. And what you really need is this. And what you really need is this. And let me tell you something. What you really need is fellowship with Jesus. That's the great deception. Oh, I need more money. Oh, I need more this. I need more that. No, what you really need is Jesus. And so the fellowship was broken. Now Jesus comes to restore the fellowship. And when he comes to restore the fellowship, he chooses the 12. Okay? So here you see the Lord's hands and here you see the, the 12. And God came. He could have been, he could have gone solo, you know. Did he really need Peter? Not for nothing. Peter had foot and mouth disease. Why did he pick Peter? He picked him because he loved him. Because he had an incredible plan for him. Not because he was perfect, but because he made him in love. He created him in love. The Bible says we are God's workmanship. We're his masterpiece. And he has created good works in advance for us to do. You see? And so now Jesus comes... And guess what he does? He opens the arms of the Trinity, okay, and he creates a bigger circle than just three. It goes from three to 12. It's really, really powerful. Then here's what Jesus does. He shows them. He lives with them. He lived with them. He taught them, okay. He ate with them. He slept on the same ground, like, like there were mats and they slept on the ground next to each other. What God would do that? All other faiths, all other religions, God is so far away, not Jesus. Jesus was right there with them. Jesus had breakfast with them. Jesus had lunch with them. Jesus had dinner with them. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Great, mighty, powerful, and yet so down, so low, so willing to come. Why was he born as a baby in a manger? Why did he go all the way to the lowest? It's so that anyone that the world calls low, he says, I'm right there with you. How many are thankful Jesus is right there with us? Powerful. Oh, my goodness. Jesus wants to be so close to us. You see, and so f now you have the, 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 the 12. Jesus goes to the cross, he dies, he rises from the dead, and he was setting these guys up because he was going to send them out. Okay, everybody say, that's me. Anybody here a disciple of Jesus? Can I see your hands? Anybody here a disciple of Jesus? You see? So he's going to send them out. And so here's what happens, all right, very quickly. It goes from 12, the next scene in the Bible is 120. And then in the upper room in the book of Acts, the spirit of God is poured out, fulfilling what the Bible says in the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Okay, so here's, here's the father, the son, the Holy Spirit now comes and the Holy Spirit is the agent of fellowship right now on the earth. The father sits on the throne, the son is at the right hand of the father and now the Holy Spirit is among us. Hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. 
you see. And so he pours out his spirit on 120. He said, tarry in Jerusalem. Do not leave there until you be endued with power. The other thing that's amazing about having relationship and fellowship with God is that he fills you with himself and he starts to empower your life. The life of the Christian is supposed to be a life of power that flows from the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible goes and records that God starts moving through the 120 when the Spirit is poured out. And then the circle expands again. 3,000 Christians after Peter, the one who denied the Lord, the one who most of us would have sent to a program for about five years. The one that we would have said sit in the back because... Because you denied the Lord 50 days ago, you can't preach the first sermon. How many are thankful that where sin does abound, grace does even more abound? Hallelujah. So the one that the world rejects, that's the one that Jesus chooses. That's why we sing, Jesus, we love you. Right? Because the one that the world rejects, that's the one that Jesus chooses. Man, what an amazing Lord, we serve. That's why Pastor Christian was like, man, Lord, thank you for your mercy. You see. So now it spreads to 3,000. And then from 3,000, it continues to spread. Could you give me the last one? Right now, there are 2.1 or almost 2.2 Christians on the planet worldwide. How many are thankful for the beautiful, amazing body of Christ. Hallelujah. Can I just say this? If you're here today and you're not part of that circle, man, you're missing out. I'm going to tell you this right now. Your greatest need, your greatest need is your need of God. And by God, I mean God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the only way to receive the, 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 the Trinity of God, it starts through Jesus. It starts through what Jesus did. So beautiful. So wonderful. And why did he do it? He did it because he wanted to have fellowship. He wanted to be close to you. You know, and let me tell you something. I've watched this over the years. I've experienced it personally. Okay. But I've watched this over the years. When someone is really born again when they've had a powerful meeting with Jesus, when their walk with God is alive, man, all hell could break loose against them. But there's something inside of them that says, it's God before us who can be against us. Hallelujah. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. He's bigger than the universe. How many know the Trinity is bigger than all the stars and all the planets? He's bigger than everything. He's bigger than the oceans. He's bigger than the mountains. And he's so much bigger than our problems and our troubles. And hallelujah, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Could we put our hands together for our wonderful God and Savior? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know where you were last night, you know. And I didn't grow up in church, so I can speak with a little bit of, of experience. I'm not proud of this, but look, you know, sometimes you were out in the world. Maybe you were at the club last night. 
Maybe you were out doing something silly. Maybe you were watching something dirty or something ugly. And you know what you're really trying to do is you're trying to fill yourself with stuff that is counterfeit for what God wants to fill you with. That's what it is. And you chase counterfeit here, you chase counterfeit there. Pornography, counterfeit. The bottle, counterfeit. Okay, all sorts of crazy things out there. You know, some people, you're up at night playing FIFA, right, the soccer game till like 5 in the morning. Oh, some people are getting convicted right now. But listen, you know, uh, we're going to leave that FIFA one alone. Filling ourselves, filling ourselves, filling ourselves. Meanwhile, if you would just open the Bible and read a verse or two and start talking to him, you would be so full at the end of the night. You would wake up so full in the morning. How many want to wake up full in the morning? Let me tell you something. Only Jesus can fill you. Stop acting like more money is going to do it because more money won't do it. Stop acting like, 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 oh, if I, don't, if I don't go to that party, I'm going to miss out. You're not going to miss out on anything. That's just FOMO. That's just the deception of Satan. You see, we are part of God's beautiful, powerful circle. I can't believe that I get to be part of his circle. I could be rejected from every club in this world, but guess what? I am part of God's circle. We are part of God's circle. Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, let's break down fellowship. Because that's the history of it. It began with God, but actually fellowship also now flows from God. Fellowship is God sharing himself with us in relationship. We were made to fellowship with God. Look, I kind of repurposed a definition. This is actually slightly for marriage, but I repurposed it because it's still true. Tim Keller said this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. Okay? To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is true everyone fellowship. Hallelujah. And God, he, he wants to share himself with us. It's individual, but it's also collective. And when we worship God, like for example, when we were worshiping God a few moments ago, and it's, it's uh, you know, I walk in and... and um, uh, like the the the, um, the the song that the ensemble was singing about, look, I'm not ashamed, or this is this is my worship, and in a sense, there should be such a deep thing going on between you and God. What's going on between you and God? It should be deep, it should be wonderful, personal, and yet something happens. I'll, we'll talk about this in a moment. Something happens when we share it. But it starts between you and God, you see. A lot of religions, salvation is national. Sometimes salvation is part cultural. 
In some religions, salvation has to do with the attaining of land. But in Christ, salvation is one thing. It's your heart connected to God's heart. Here's fundamentally, here's a, a simple definition of fellowship. Fellowship is our collective participation in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that brings deep happiness. It brings deep happiness. There's something that happens when God shares himself with us that we experience deep happiness. So God widens the circle, right? Here's what it happens. He widens the circle and we're invited in. And as we're invited in to meet with God, to really meet with God. See, part of, I, I watch some of you sometimes. If I could, you know, talk like a pastor here, you know. I watch some of you sometimes, and I'm watching the way you interact with God, okay? So this is not a criticism, but I watch the way people interact with God. You know some people interact with God? They interact with God like this. Awkward. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our, our hearts adore. Listen, you should be able to sing this. Can I, look, this is what I think about most as a pastor, is that when you're home, that you would sing, Jesus, I love you. Oh, how I love you. You are the one my, my heart adores. That's to me right there. If you're doing that, it's all good. If you're not doing that, you could have a big house and a big car and a big job and a big this and a big that. I'm telling you, it, you're missing out. That's where you should have FOMO. That's, that's where you should be like, oh my goodness, there's nothing like a love relationship with God. That's what he wants. You're like, but you don't know what I did. Yes, he does. That's why he sent Jesus. You don't know what I'm struggling with. Yes, he does. That's why he sent Jesus. You see? Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. His, how, long, how many times will he forgive me? His mercies are new every morning. I did that yesterday and I did it before. I think God is tired of me. He's not tired of you. He gets tired of sin, but he's not tired of you. He loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. How does all of the change, all of the victory take place? Just fellowship with him. See, well, here's what happens. When you really fellowship with God, you start to love what you never loved before. And you start to hate the things that you used to love. You're like, I don't want any part of that. You know? It's not by rules. If you see God as a series of rules, you don't understand God. 
God knows that rules won't stop you, okay? I get, you know, my wife and I, we watch videos. Our, one of our favorite pastimes now, they're just like a stream of videos of our grandsons. I have to tell you something, half of them, there's naughtiness in it. It's unbelievable to watch them. We were, we were um, doing Bible trivia um, on a Thursday. It was uh, uh, my daughter Susie, and my assistant Olivia, and the two boys. We were at my house. And we're asking them Bible trivia. And um, man, my, my grandsons are really learning the Bible, but we still got some issues to work on. Because one of them would answer before the other one, and, they, and if, if you beat him, they got really upset. So Wesley was at the window like this, and, um, and James was right at the table, and th I think it was Wesley's turn, James called out the question, and Wesley went, and Wesley shouted the answer. I mean, he, James called out the answer. Wesley shouted the answer. I mean, he shouted the answer. And then he started going, ah! and then he turned, he started punching the chairs, and, and he was like, he punched the chair, and they're like fighting. I was like, guys, you're missing the point if you're answering the Bible questions. It's crazy how you have to teach kids to do right. Why? Because in us, there's a nature. But you think... If I see a little naughtiness in my grandkids, I love them less. Do you think if God sees naughtiness in you, he loves you less? How many know he loves us with an everlasting love? Come on, let's put our hands together and say thank you, God. Now, the reason why this is important is because we need to know we were made for fellowship with God. Our lives are at their absolute best when we're fellowshipping with God. And if God is not the center of our fellowship, then guess what? It's not fellowship. Now it's important for me to talk about this for at least, I gotta talk about this for just one minute. If God is not the center of your fellowship, it's not fellowship. See, what's happened, we have such an incredible need for fellowship that on, on this planet that there's always a club to join. Why are there so many clubs? There's a golf club, there's a this club, there's a that club. Why so many clubs? You know why? It's because people were created for everyone. So that's why people are always meeting. That's why no matter what. But here's what happens. When you take God out of the mix, it's no longer real fellowship. So you could actually even go someplace with Christians. We'll talk about this a little bit more next week. But you could actually go someplace with Christians. And if Christians decide to leave God out, then guess what? It's not real fellowship. He has to be the center. We'll talk more about that next week. But powerful things happen when God is the center of our fellowship. Fellowship flows from God. It starts with the flow of God 
to us. Okay? And then fellowship then in turn flows from us. So fellowship flows from God. It's from God to us. And then actually fellowship flows from us in part to each other. We were made to share God with each other. We were made for fellowship and we're actually incomplete without it. Look, you know, so in the point sometimes when we read a verse, we actually will make some words bold for emphasis. And for this one, I said, make it all bold. So you ready? Watch this. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, what they got from God. What they got from God, fellowship begins, it flows from God. What they got from God, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. What they got from God, they began to share with each other. What they got from God, they began to share with each other. Fellowship takes place when we take what we get from God and we begin to share it with each other and powerful things begin to happen. So powerful that joy explodes among us. You see, it's amazing. What is fellowship? Fellowship takes place, okay, when we take what we get from God and we share it with each other. Now let me explain why. We're going to close in a moment. Here's why. God is so big. His kingdom, his revelation is so big, so glorious. His eternity, his glory, his love is so big, so incredible that we actually need each other to experience all of him. Pay attention. Okay, this is deep. God is so big, and I've watched this now traveling uh, 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 in different, to different parts of the world, being in Africa. The body of Christ in Africa is so beautiful. You know what, we pray, you know, but let me tell you something. I was in Tanzania, those people pray. I was just in Asia, and to watch the way these people honor, it was such an amazing thing. This is the land of the free Asia, those Christians, they honor in such a powerful way. And when you go in different places and you see the amazing revelation that people get from God, God is so big, Jesus is so big that what has to happen is that we receive from Jesus and then when we get in a group together like in a becoming group and we start to share what God is doing, that sharing one with another so builds us up and strengthens us that it releases powerful, incredible joy. But we need each other to share our great big God. How many are thankful that we have a great big and awesome God? Hallelujah. And in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, when people isolate themselves and they're like, well, you know, this, this uh, Jesus stuff doesn't work. Oh, no. Oh, no. We were made for fellowship. We were made for fellowship. 
You were made to receive from God and then share that little thing that God is doing in your life with someone else and pray for someone else and have someone else pray for you. And that interaction is just so elevating. Think about it this way. Think about, see, we don't get this. In the New Testament, when someone became a Christian and got baptized, there were people watching. If you went to the lake and got baptized, very often that meant you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your customers. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. But the revelation of Jesus was so great, so powerful, so wonderful that they say, I don't care what I lose. I'm going to make a claim. I hope you're not living for today. I hope you're living for the day that we see Jesus face to face. How many are looking forward for the day that we get to heaven? Hallelujah. And so they would go in. And they would go in and then they, they had this unique community of people. And joy was exploding in the midst of the rejects of that time. Rejected, isolated, lost, losing all sorts of things, and still they were walking around like, ah, oh, God is so good. Hallelujah. When the Bible says we're in this world but not of this world, that's what that means. Think about it this way. Where two or three are gathered, right? You want to talk about fellowship, two or three are gathered. Two people get together. This is, you could go into the most isolated place on this planet. You could go in a cave. You could go on a rooftop. Two people are gathered. They could be on a train on the red line. They start talking about Jesus, and guess what happens? They start sharing Jesus. The Spirit of Christ comes right there with those two people. How many are thankful that he's the friend that sits closer than a brother? So powerful. Can I tell you... Um, the world is designed to isolate us. It's designed to cut things off. And our whole culture is impacted actually by loneliness. Look at this real quick. I want to, I got to say two quick things. Many Americans, everybody say Americans. That doesn't apply to Christians. I hope you're more Christian than American. Many Americans say they feel lonely. 47% feel left out. 46 sometimes or always feel alone. 43 feel they're feeling, they're feeling their relationships, I'm sorry, are not meaningful. 43% feel isolated from others. 27% rarely or never feel there are people who really understand them. 20% rarely or never feel close to people. This is an insurance company study, by the way. 18% say that they have people they can talk to. That's two out of ten. That's crazy. Now here's what that means. They concluded from this study that loneliness has the same health effects as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. This is an insurance company. Okay. Let me tell you one, two quick things and we're going to close. I heard research that we touch our phone more times in a day than there are minutes in a day. 
And I was at a restaurant yesterday. Actually, I went to meet Pastor Edgar for a lunch meeting. I got there early. And um, I sat down. And when I was sitting down, uh, um, um, a mom, a dad, and about a 12-year-old came. It was an interesting thing to watch because I'm sitting here. They sat in the booth in front of me. And for about the first uh, five minutes, um, I noticed that there was no talking. Okay? And here, I'm going to give you the side view. So here's dad. Here's mom. Then the little girl was right here. And so, anybody got a phone? Can I borrow your phone? Okay. Thank you. All right. So, nice cover. Right? So, so here's the way it went. So they are... First four or five minutes, silence. Mom, no, dad. Mom. What's your code? No, 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 you're okay. So, so, right, so look. I'm watching this. And then a little girl went like this. She went. Okay, and that was a snapshot of what's become of our world, of our country, thank you, of our existence. You know what fellowship is supposed to be? You know the way it's supposed to be? We're supposed to put those phones away. And say, what did you read today? What is God saying to you today? You know, do you know I prayed for an oven and God gave me an oven? You know, all of the things that God is doing. Beautiful, powerful. Here's what I want to do. You know what? This whole row, come on up here. Come on, this is, a, you, you ladies too, come on, come on up here. And this whole row, this whole row, come on, this is like participation church. Come on, come on up here. Come on up here. Come on, Andre, bring your lovely fiance up. Come on, Chris, bring your lovely fiance up. Come on up, come on up. Come on, get, get right here. Singers come. Singers come. I was thinking about this. It's amazing, amazing. Everybody say, I was made for fellowship. Say, we were made for fellowship. So look at this, look at this amazing mix here. Okay. So we got, we've got like two couples, they're about to get married. Come on right here. How many days? Five weeks. How many days? 13 days. Come on. What country are you from? Belarus. And you're Boricua, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Indian. Isn't it amazing how our fellowship doesn't see all the nonsense that the world sees? Come on, let's praise God for the beauty of his kingdom. 
when we get to heaven, this is what it's going to look like right here. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, we got this problem in our country. We got this problem in our city. We, Chicago has this problem, and we've got this division and that division. And let me tell you something. When you have Jesus, homie, know there's beautiful unity, glorious unity, powerful unity. Come on, can we praise God? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Could we praise God for just a moment and thank him? We were made to fellowship with him and with each other. Could we put our hands together? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. Now listen. Now listen, okay, here's the way it goes, all right? These guys wouldn't have met these lovely ladies if it wasn't for the fellowship. And by the way, the best place to fall in love is at church, okay? But that's another different message too. We'll get into that in another day. But see, there's something power. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron. So one man, so look, they have a unique walk with God. He has a unique walk with God. Everyone, and they have different things. And you talk to them, and when did you meet God? And, and what happened? And you know what happens? They start to share. And when they start to share, you're like, oh, snap. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Hallelujah. And you know what? Would you pray that for me? And there's this back and forth, and there's this exchange. And when we're talking about Jesus, wherever you are, whatever restaurant you go to, whatever coffee shop, Wherever you find yourself, it could be at work, in the lobby, no matter where it is. How many know Jesus will go right where you are? He will penetrate that place. And that there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, when we fellowship with one another, the fruit of it is deep happiness. Everyone say deep happiness. Look right there, everybody look right there. Deep happiness, when we're united together, what we get is deep happiness. Do you know God wants to make you an instrument of what? Deep happiness. Do you know he wants to use you? He not only wants to bless you, but he wants to make you an instrument of deep happiness. That's what he wants to do. And you know how it happens? It's we love him, we receive from him, and then we love each other and we share him with each other. Take someone's hand and lift it up to God. Come on, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get right here in this circle. Hallelujah. Come on, across the aisles, everyone. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we Jesus, we love you. 
to pray right now. But listen, I want you to pray. Keep, just close your eyes for a moment. But here's how I want you to pray. I want you to think about the fact that today you're part of something that's been going on for a few thousand years. It started with the 12. It started with the 12. And we now are part of the 12. Okay, and that hand that you're holding, they're going to go out and face challenges. They're going to go out and face difficulties. They got all kinds of stuff. But guess what? We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. United we stand. United we stand. Hallelujah. And I want you to pray right now. God, help them to stand. Bless them. Come on, pray to the left. God, build up the body right now. Build up the body, God. Build up future marriages, Father, in the name of Jesus. Build up homes, oh God. Build up our brothers and sisters, oh God. Build up, oh God. Bless them and make them a blessing, God. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them and make them a blessing. Bless them, oh God. Bless children, oh God. Bless them and make them a blessing for your glory. God, we pray that deep joy, deep happiness would be released all over this city. Let us walk with the joy of the Lord as our strength, oh God. Release your blessing. God, break the power of depression. Break the power of loneliness, oh God. Break the power of discouragement, oh God. Open your circle this week, oh God. Use every person to share Jesus and open that circle of fellowship, oh God. Open that circle, open that circle. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our fellowship that is with you and with one another. And God, I ask that you would release us into this city. Oh God, to bring the joy of the Lord wherever we go, oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we ask not just for Chicago Tabernacle, but for every church in Chicago, in Chicagoland, in Illinois, in our country, wherever the gospel is being preached, God, widen the circle, God. Let more people come to know Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, oh God. God, let eternity get filled up. Let heaven get filled up. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said... Come on, let's put our hands together and bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, turn, greet four or five people before you go. God bless you. We hope to see you on Tuesday.